Welcome to the RE and Friends Podcast, a Red Max Events audio experience. Hosted by Brandon Havrilla, owner of Red Max Events. Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla and see what Red Max Events is up to by following at Red Max underscore events. And now, it's the episode you've all been waiting for. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the RE and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla, and today I have with me Loki from Unity Event Productions. How's How are you doing in your quarantine life? I am uh, enjoying this nice time off. I mean, I really don't like time off, but I mean, it's forced upon us, so it gives yep. me a little bit of time to really go through all my bins of massive amounts of wires, figure it out, color code, all that fun stuff that we get, you know. Exactly. Uh, lack of a better word, anal about. <laughs> yep. But uh, And are you doing yeah. anything else uh, on top of that? Are you doing anything else like teaching yourself new things um, that could help you? You just haven't had the time to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, like the, I've, I've always been a big advocate on my lighting design and stuff like that. So, Which um, is where we're going with this. So Yeah. So, I mean, like I, segue. <laughs> one thing that I do want to actually be – more on top of is the pre-production side of the lighting design, which is, um, okay. I use, I use Onyx. So as you know, um, we do a lot of light show stuff with that and I've turned you onto Onyx. Uh, I'm trying to get you away from the show express type <laughs> stuff, right. bring you into the right. big, big guy world. Um, but I've, I've wanted to play with, um, capture and I haven't really dove into it, but I've done a lot of research and it is, you know, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not overly expensive for people like us because we don't need 128 to 256 universes to really make a sick show. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't plan on buying 300 Viper fixtures at any right. point in time at this given moment, unless I hit the lottery <laughs> and then we're going to have a fun time. Yeah. Um, but as far as right now, you know, I mean, I just want to get it so that um, I can get, acquainted with capture so i can do bigger 3d designs and then also have the ability to output it to say you know graph not not graphs what, what do you call that um like the vector works kind of files like so that, yep. yeah rendering scales yep. so we can just give it out to people so they could build what we need after i design it 100%. and go from there um, that's one thing I've been wanting to like work on. Other things I've been working on is obviously my, uh, my live sound. I'm more of a studio producer. Um, so I do a lot of studio production and it's not time sensitive. Um, so right. I've been getting more on my live band side with my Midas M32 that I have in my house, my recording studio right now. Um, and just trying to get, you know, a handle on the effects and how everything with the routing works. Uh, but that's pretty much been what I've been going on. And obviously just keeping up on this live stream stuff. Like, right. I mean, I know a lot of us, it's been uh, new to us. I mean, even though we've seen it, we've known of it, it's just, we haven't been as much. I mean, I know you've done a lot more of the, you know, video work and YouTubing. Right. Yeah. We've done, you know, YouTube and stuff like that, but not like you said, the actual live videos. And I think although it's been around and some DJs have gone Facebook live every once in a while, once a month, whatever it is, uh, nothing really to the extent that I've ever seen, you know, to the extent that I see it now uh, in terms of people using softwares like OBS and doing multicam setups and direct audio in and like that stuff is just coming about now. And it's crazy to see how quickly it like came about, you know, as soon as people were like, Oh shit, all right, we got no work for two months. Let me have some fun with this. Honestly, like t literally a week into quarantine, if you looked yep. on BNH, there was no webcams left. There, all the Logitech nine nine hundred two Cs or whatever the hell they were, I mean, they were just gone. And yep. it wasn't till later that I found my love for the ATEM Mini, and then now the ATEM Mini Pro, which I'm glad I didn't buy the ATEM Mini because now the Pro is supposed to come out. By the way, uh, mm -hmm. spoiler, I I emailed BNH and one of the other AV companies, they're coming out with that in June. It's supposed oh. to arrive. It was supposed to arrive April 2nd, 3rd, 
somewhere around there. But obviously the quarantine messed that up. Um, And supposedly they're supposed to get it around June. So I'm looking forward to that because Hmm. um, as we've discussed, but maybe some other people do not know the difference between the A10 mini and the A10 mini pro is not only just like a couple little buttons, but it's software versus hardware encoding, which is huge in live streaming. If you're trying to be professional with it. Right. Um, so the extra 300 bucks is totally worth it, but I'm, I'm waiting on that. Uh, but no one has it. So, right. For sure. And it, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see everyone, uh, like you said, you know, buy out the stores. And I mean, I get messages now and I put up that YouTube video on how I did the setup with percussion and stuff through OBS and people are commenting like, Oh, I can't find the stuff anywhere. And it's like, yeah, well, we're about four weeks in and you're about four weeks too late to buy that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like that uh, stuff sold out day one. Oh my god it's it's day one it was beyond sold out and even now like if you uh, i'm surprised they didn't like try to hike the prices and like yeah really I mean, do some, besides it being illegal yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you never know like a lot of these places you right. can uh you can't expect too much from some people but i mean obviously bnh and like all those really high-end professional places are not going to do that to you um right but uh yeah i mean it's it's rough no, it definitely is. So you spoke a little bit before about spending some time on, you know, setting up your light shows and working on that, like, you know, pre-show work. So to take a step back and kind of segue then into what our main topic of the episode is going to be, which is about, you know, doing creative, you know, design and production work, mm-hmm. both with lighting and even, you know, audio, we've experimented with some different ways to, you know, fly the line array or, or you know, run sound in that respect. Um, and then beyond uh, that, not OSHA approved, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we and, experimented. You know, in, incorporate things like video as well, you know, as well, video walls and and TV screens and stuff like that. And uh, I think we both do a decent amount of that. You've seen and obviously been a part of some of the warehouse, you know, fun nights, whatever we call them, um, mm-hmm. that we do every once in a while, where we can kind of you know go all, all out because all the equipment's right there, um, yeah. so it doesn't take much, and we can set up some cool stuff and experiment with the equipment, and uh, you know, more importantly, at least the biggest part for me is is getting pictures and videos too, and it's like a look, mm-hmm. this is what we can do, this is what we're capable of, that type of thing, um, and it gets everyone's like creative mind rolling, like, oh, we yeah. can do it this way, we can mount this this way, we can do that, that kind of thing. In addition, I mean, like you also get to see who's really in it for the lifestyle. Like, not everyone's built for this. Some people just roadie because it's quick and easy money. Right. Some people have a really creative design but don't have an outlet for it until you put them in the situation. Like, I never really thought about about myself as a lighting designer. I was a DJ for, I mean, right now I've been a DJ for sixteen years, but I've found lighting as a alternative outlet for my creativity that I can really just play with and create an, you know, an atmosphere for people. Because if you look at the festivals, you look at all these shows, yeah, the DJ is great, but don't look at the show, close your eyes, listen to the music at that show recorded, and then listen to the show at a bedroom DJ that's just rocking out. Most of the time you don't hear a difference. Like obviously you might hear the crowd in the background because they have overhead mics and all this other stuff, but in, you know, CO2 cannon shooting off. But if you take away all that, there's not much separating the two, but the big thing is obviously the venue and the lighting, the atmosphere, the, the video walls, the CO2 cannons, the sparklers, or, you know, actual pyrotechnics, which I really want to play with, but (laughs) Apparently, the I think we all do. I to. think that's just you know, when you're a male that <laughs> runs in your jeans. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, if you can blow stuff up up every day, I mean, it's nothing better of a stress reliever than to blow things up. Hundred percent. You know, and it's probably a very stressful. Not to get too far off topic, too, but um, you know, I've been a part of for a few years now the Saks Fifth window unveiling with um, Viper Studios. They brought me on to you know help with audio great and stuff, guys, and great that's guys, yeah. an awesome just an awesome you know event to be a part of like they're working with disney and it's Saks fifth and right in manhattan mm-hmm. i mean there's something that i think anyone who is the slightest bit nerdy in the side of it um if you're in the middle of manhattan and you get to blast christmas music through a line array 
that is meant to perform to you know a crowd of like ten thousand plus, uh, it's oh, gonna yeah. put a smile on your face. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just and looking at maybe it, something down lower too, you know. But yeah. um, so it's like it's one of those things where like um, it's a cool experience, you know, to be a part of for sure. And yeah. um, they're Gucci Fireworks, uh, probably you know one of the biggest firework companies, if not the biggest. Um, out there at least in the u.s to put on firework displays like macy's and stuff like that um they do the pyrotechnics there in terms of you know firework displays and the main guy who launches the show and time codes it and everything um is always set up like right next to us so it's an interesting thing to see and he shows up with his little you know detonator box and his little old you know pc computer and a radio and a wireless antenna that sends to the roof to to detonate the uh fireworks and he's there he's got the gloves on with like the fingertips off shaking because it's freezing cold <laughs> and his fingers like shaking as he reaches for the button to start the show and uh it looks like a very you know stressful job but he's like i love it i wouldn't trade it for the world getting the oh, yeah. fireworks and I, mean, off, you know? I, I would totally if i was that guy too i would also like my box that i have with like the detonator thing i would definitely have like acme on the back just as a joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i mean I, I i mean i've looked into actually because of the whole sparkler thing and like obviously it ties into lighting because sparklers are part of the whole lighting realm you know i want to keep on going with it and, and... um i want to be able to do that anywhere right. so i looked into getting my pyrotechnic license and this has been like an up and down thing that you know in dj groups and all that like how can we get it done right um my biggest thing is it's gonna take a long time and i'm willing to put in that time because you basically have to apprentice with people like grucci and grucci holds a thing for anyone that's you know interested they um on their website i believe it's on their website or if you look it up um it's like a subsidiary of their website um basically you know when they start in the summer you could be like an apprentice and you put in your hours kind of like whole, like when you're joining a union um and you get your hours and they basically eventually i think it takes like three years to get your certification as a actual pyrotechnic that they will certify they will back you so when you go for your test by the state they will back you don't quote me that this is exact way of doing it but from what i've read that seems to be what i've found out um but you know it's something that i'm willing to do and i want to do because i mean at the end of the day you know it's either you hire the fire marshal or you hire a licensed pyrotechnic um and most djs and stuff in our area are not going to go that route and yeah, you know, put that well, time in and stuff so it's like that's an easy like okay you're gonna be you know the go-to guy yeah, and, and the fire marshal, you know, I love them to death, but, you know, there's sometimes a pain in the butt to deal with. And <laughs> if you have a guy that can go from venue to venue to venue in one Saturday, you know, hey, that's, right. I mean, like our price, we could make it decent and, you know, affordable, but we can also make it so that we can go to venue to venue to venue because I'm just overseeing the process. You know, everything gets set up and, you know, whatever. And I have to make sure it's okay and legal. Right. But, you know, I'm obviously going to follow the proper guidelines as the pyrotechnic. Um, but, you know, I could go to venue to venue to venue and do three, four in a day, depending, because obviously time strains, you know. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm definitely looking into as far as lighting. But that's just that's just another thing of lighting that you could always look into. Because, there's, I mean, lighting has so many paths. And you could either be the programmer. You could be an assistant programmer. You could be the guy that's building the rig. You could be the pyrotechnic guy. You could be the laser guy. I mean, like, laser's a whole nother world. Yep. And, I mean, like, tying also the video guy, you know, being video programming that is basically a lighting guy, but he's dealing more with video walls and Resolume, which is most widely used mm-hmm. I've seen so far. Um, shout out to Christian Jackson, who I watch all the time. <laughs> that he is an amazing light guy with Grand MA2. Um, but, I mean, a lot of guys use Resolume as right. their video server. So, you know, that's a big part of lighting, but you got to be able to communicate with those guys and you want to know it, even though there's a guy that's doing video as if, and you're the lighting guy, you want to make sure that you know what they're talking about when you say, Hey, I'm going to send you an ArtNet, you know, signal or a, a SMPTE signal so that they can be in the same time code. And in addition um, to that too, it's, it's, uh, you know, like, from an owner standpoint, um, I have to oversee and, and handle a lot of different 
aspects of everything going on. Um, so like you said, if I bring you on for lighting, for example, um, I want to be able to at least understand how to use Onyx and the lighting system and how DMX works and stuff so that I can communicate to you and say, hey, uh, this is how I want to do it, or this is what I had in mind. This is how we can achieve it, that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, we can bounce off and collaborate together, um, which I think is important to be able to, like you said, communicate with the different areas. Yeah, I mean, one one big thing that I've noticed with a lot of different companies, and I'm not going to say anyone in particular because it might throw me under the bus and people might hate me, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, like owners, if I mean, in, in the newer stages of ownership, um, even even long term, like you got to know every side of the business. You have to know the audio at least the, the for the basics of what a compressor does what a limiter does what a gate does in a soundboard in addition to how to program whatever the lights you're going to do what a profile is how the dmx chain works how far you want to go in the dmx chain before you branch off from an omni splitter you know um just a lot of like i feel more owners should learn more of all of the gear don't be a master of one. Like this is the weird case where being a master of none actually helps you because you don't, I mean, it, it would be great if you knew everything about everything, but right. let's be realistic. We're never going to know everything about everything. We don't have enough time in the day and to run our business. Um, I put more of a focus into lighting because I've been a DJ for 16 years. And I know DJing side. So my next step is lighting, but I know enough about a soundboard to get me through any gig. I know enough about Resolume to get me through almost any gig. So like there's just a lot of companies where they don't, the owners don't get enough hands-on and don't put forth enough energy to be hands-on and learn it at home and really take that initiative. Um, you, you've definitely done that. You've, you've actually, you know, you're a percussionist, you're a DJ, you've done everything from designing to all that stuff. So you make sure you have your hand in every pot, which is one reason, you know, we're friends because it makes sense. <laughs> you know, we, we actually, we've, we, we can bounce ideas off each other and we're never going to have the same mindset, but that helps us. hundred percent. And I think, you know, and not to play too much devil's advocate too, but I do always like to try and look at things from the other side too. And there are a lot of great business owners and, and company owners that are business people. They are super good at oh, yeah. you know, running their books and doing that stuff. And they could run an event company. It's not to say they can't. Um, exactly. It's it's kind of just knowing your place because then it, it, be, it comes down to like, I know people who are not good at either. And then yeah. it's like, okay, so how are you doing this? <laughs> if yeah. you can't run a business and you don't know how to run a soundboard, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's one of those things, but I'm also, like you said, you know, I, I try and know a little bit of everything. Like I want to understand Onyx and stuff, but I'm also at the point, especially with the business too, where it's like, I'd rather just pay someone who really knows Onyx to do it, but I want to know it enough where if I do a warehouse night or if I need to step in and take over, or if I want to change something at a job, I can, because I do have that little bit of knowledge. So I think it's important to also know when to take a step back and when to, you know, I don't want to, See, trying to see, choose the right word because I don't want to say stop learning. You always want to keep no, learning, no, no. but there see, is a point where you have to say, okay, I am not going to learn all of the ins and outs of a Midas 30, M32, but I want to know enough how to start it up and run a show. And I also want to know enough on you know the Grand MA and I want to know enough on this, but I don't want to like tie up all my resources on that one thing and then not know anything about lighting or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is to be open-minded. And like me, the way I've learned is to be open-minded. I've never been, even in school, I've never been a person that I could sit down in front of a book, read the book and have full understanding of what I just read. It's just, it wasn't in my nature. I was a hands-on person. You literally sit in front of the board. I will watch you and study you like a hawk. And as business owners, that helps us because now I can hire somebody that I know that knows his stuff and like, just be like, go ahead. And if I get everything done that I need to get done, I could watch him and ask him questions. And now he's my private tutor. I'm paying for a private tutor. Technically, you know, I'm hiring him. 
Um, not to say that's the only way to learn, but you know, a lot of people that do know the the, the ins and outs of a board or a lighting console, you know, they're willing to share the information because they're creative minds. So don't be afraid to ask questions. This is my biggest thing, and I always ask questions every every lighting. Time, every time I've DJed and there was a lighting guy next to me, I just ask him a ton of questions. See if he can answer them. If he can't, no worries. You know, he didn't have that specific answer. But I mean, just always be hungry for the information, whether you're an owner or just a roadie. It doesn't matter. 100%. And like you said, too, I, I've met a lot where they do, um, whether they make the actual buying decision or not, or one of their guys do and say, hey, we need to buy this. <clears throat> and then I think that's what makes it harder, too, is when they're not actually the one buying the equipment, there's almost yeah. no, there's no interest there. They just want the money from it, you know, that it's going to bring in. Mm. So the employee is like, yo, we need to buy this because it'll do our job better. And then they buy it, but then the employee knows how to use it and just always uses it. And that, that's kind of where it stops rather than, okay, yes, let's buy it. But then I need you to come in one day once you get it and show me how to use it so that I know how to use it. You know, I think that's very important. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I've seen it, be a big detached from, you know, the older you get, the less hungry you are, but that's only in certain, I mean, that's in most cases. And, um, uh, one, one indication of someone that I've met recently, uh, the owner of Viper studios, um, his name slips my mind. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Uh, yep. was it Chuck? Who's the other guy though? That's the only owner. The who's the bald guy. That's is Chuck. It, it, that is Chuck. Well, okay. Charles, Chuck, yeah. Charles, okay. I, actually, I think he told me Charles. Okay. That's why I was getting a little uh, <laughs> out there. But um, I met him at IDJ now, and Juan was just like, you know, you you guys, I, I don't know why you haven't met yet, but you should meet. And me and him talked, and we literally were in there for like an hour and a half just yep. chatting, bullshitting. And the guy is, you know, he's older than me, but he's as hungry as ever. Yeah, and I yeah. commend that. And like he, he knows a lot of stuff, but he's also say he is filled willing with knowledge to, too. He's filled with knowledge, but he's willing to learn anything more. And he's like, yo, you have to come through and like to one of our sessions and like I can learn off you, you can learn off me. Like it's a great thing. And That's you know, it. those those are the kind of people that you want to be in contact and in and in business with because at the end of the day, they're gonna push you to be better. Yep. And I've, uh, we're, we're actually working. I was texting him, uh, end of last week. We're trying to set up a time for him to come on and do a podcast as well. Oh, that'd be uh, awesome. For that same reason. And literally our messages back and forth. I was like, okay, we got to pick a topic, you know, this and that. And he's like, brother, I've been doing this for, you know, how many years? He's like, we could talk about anything, like whatever, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it's true. And that's the thing is because, you know, he does, he has a lot of knowledge and background and he understands you know, I guess where like almost his limits are. He's like, you know, hey, I don't know that. Like he's come to me for social media stuff before and with mm. questions with podcasting or streaming and stuff because he hasn't done that. So he does, like you said, he's always looking to learn and, you know, and um, better himself and things and better himself. And that's, that's it. It's very important. Um, yeah. And it's rare to come by, you know, a lot of people, they do, they, like you said, they get tired uh, and they lose that, that hunger. Yeah. And I mean, just not, not to diss on younger generations, but like a lot of it's, it's always been a niche. Like when I was growing up, I mean, I'm 35 for anyone that cares, but, <laughs> um, you know, when I was coming up, there was a lot of guys that wanted to be on the radio. Like the radio was the biggest thing. And like, I was able to somehow get on party 105 and I had a mix show for eight years, but like a lot of people looked up to that. And before me, I looked up to those same guys like Spinbad and like Envy and like all those guys that were on the radio and had these crazy mix shows. And I was like, yo, how are they doing that? And like, you have to have someone that kind of like influences you. Nowadays, radio is kind of like, I don't want to say a dying thing, but like XM has taken over. Yep. Yeah. Pitbull Radio has the most radio mix show DJs out of all of them, which I love. I, I, I listen to Pitbull Radio all the time. But you know, all the other channels like BPM used to have tons and tons of mix shows. Now they don't do it as much. They do mostly just live from Ultra when it happens. Live from, you know, Burning Man per se. I mean, I don't think they've actually done Burning Man, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so they they just took it from like every weekend to now like just special events. Whereas Pitbull Radio does it every weekend because they realize these are the tastemakers. These are the people that are playing the records, daring to be different and pushing out the music. And we need to be supporting because they're the ones that are ultimately playing the records in the clubs that you want to hear. 
so like those are the people that you look up to and it's it's a very slim pickings kind of area nowadays for people to get inspired because everything's so accessible to them they could just literally go on facebook right now and find 15 20 djs that they'd even know were djs streaming live that are probably going to get kicked off of, of facebook yeah, in 10 exactly. minutes but it's the way it is um but yeah it's just it's it's not it's like it's 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 a different level of commitment that you have to have in this industry for sure. If you and, want it to make. Right. One last thing to touch on before, I guess we get a little more into the creative side and talking about, you know, some of the setups we've done and, and ideas and inspiration mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, the last thing I'll note too is, you know, it is very, very hard to be a very good business person, understand all the ins and outs and legals and contracts and everything like that, mm-hmm. bookkeeping, accounting, everything, and also be very good at the tech side. Um, oh, yeah. And it's going to fill your calendar and get busy. So you you kind of have to, as the, in the owner standpoint, you got to choose, okay, what am I really good at? Um, or what do I really like doing? Do I like running the business or do I like teching jobs? And then yeah. you got to find someone to do the other um, and pay somebody to do the other thing. Because uh, when you start to let the quality down on one or the other, um, that's when things go south too. So I think it's very important to you know understand what you want to do and what you're good at. And then you need to fill the rest of the gaps by you know bringing people on or staying at a scale where you can handle both and put enough time into learning both. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like I mean, with our relationship, like me knowing you, like you're way better of a business person, building a brand, doing all that stuff. I'm more of the techie nerd. Like I was a computer programmer; that was my thing. I, I have a degree in computer science programming. Like I know that type of stuff and figuring out all right. the technology. But when it comes to business, I was never a business guy. I, I know how to manage relationships and right. friendships and business relationships and which is get a myself huge in, plus for a tech. Which is huge. And I like I know how to like the way you're supposed to react with people and talk mm-hmm. to people. And social like that's skills, that's that's why I made a business but I'm very good on the social aspect, but I don't know the legalities of it. You knew more of, you know how am I supposed to keep up with my paperwork? You know, like how am I supposed to make sure that like my guys are getting paid? Do I do a 1099? Do I do all this stuff? Like uh, who do I go for, for contracts? Like you were very, very good with that. And that's why I always go to you because you've done that research and you know, we've built the the tech relationship. So it's more, we can talk about that, but certain people just like DJs, they'll come at you like, Oh yeah, listen to my mix. (laughs) <laughs> dude i don't know you like i don't really care like not 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 to be a dick but like yeah you know build a relationship with the person before you just throw shit at their face 100 percent. and so, the other thing um a side note i don't know if you've heard of gary v or if you follow any of his content um but something he always says too is is the saying like jab 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 right hook and he wrote a book called that and basically mm-hmm. the concept behind it is give 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 and then take And you want to give value and bring value and be like, Hey, I could help you here. Hey, let me do this for free. Let me give you this, that kind of thing. And then ask for something in return. Hey, whether it's money or a favor or borrow or whatever it is, you know, it's it's key in in any relationship building, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've done that throughout my whole entire career. All I've done is literally like right off the bat, I'll be like, Hey, I'll work with you on this one or the next three events and then take care of me at the end. Right. And that's how I've built a lot of my relationships, yep. you know, even just in the nightclubs, like, Hey, I know that you're just starting off this new party, you know, I'll do it for X amount of dollars. But when people start coming in yep. and we're rocking, don't forget about me, take care of me. And I expect you to take care of me. And yep. the worst part is most of the time you won't get taken care of in the nightclub industry. Because a lot of the promoters at the time back then would just be very greedy and just, you know, they'd, they'd be like, all right, cool. And I'd be like, hey, like, where's the extra? And they, yeah. they'd look at you with two heads. But, you know, it still built a relationship and it still built my brand. And at the end of the day, your brand is the biggest thing that you can do. Because otherwise, if you don't build your brand, you've got nothing to stand on. 
Huge. And, you know, just to tap off that briefly too, um, like I'm very big on the branding, the creative, the social media side. That's where I've chosen to take and spend a lot of my time because Mm -hmm. I've, I've lived it and I see it works. And so for me, same with the business side, like you were saying, uh, like I used to be very big into teching and, you know, audio engineering shows and, and every week I would go do a concert or something and be working with that equipment. And I used to be, I would say better at it than I am now, just because I've like lost touch with some of the new updates or the, you know, Midas things or whatever. Um, because I've chosen to go the other route and yeah. realized what I was better at and what I wanted to put more time into and then have filled the gaps with people like you and Stan and, you know, our other guys who can handle those things. And, um, the branding and stuff too, like you said, is, is the most important thing because once you establish a brand and people know who you are and what you do, that's really all you need. Then you just maintain that and work and money, whatever else will come to you. Um, if you don't build a brand and you're constantly trying to get work like that, then the minute you stop trying to get work, you're not going to have work. If you build a brand, the work's just there. And then it's almost like you get to pick and choose. Yeah. Uh, But, but the one big thing that a lot of people, some people that I do find to get out of touch with is you build the brand, but make sure that your top guys are always taken care of because you know, you're building the brand around these guys that could always deliver. And once you can't deliver that consistency, that quality, you're shit out of luck, your business, your brand goes downhill and some some owners do lose sight of that and i've noticed that numerous times throughout you know my my career um i've gone through numerous companies where i've been an asset and then all of a sudden they got bigger and bigger and bigger and then i train people and they had just enough knowledge to pull off the gigs and then i'm no longer essential because they can get through the gig Mm-hmm. And then they hire that guy for cheaper. Never get rid of your main guy because he's a main guy for a reason. He knows his stuff. He continually grows and learns. And you will need him at the end of the day. And that's the one big thing that I've noticed with a lot of companies that I refuse to you know, let go of anyone that has been an asset to me. Because at the end of the day, I would rather pay more money and know that I can yep. just literally go home and go to sleep. Right, And that party went off without a hitch. And if anything did go wrong, it's not their fault. Or if it is their fault, they'll own up to it. And you know what? It happens. We're all human. Everything yep. happens. And we're working with technology. And, too, and we're so. working with technology. You know, a MacBook Pro could have died. Uh, a, a video capture device, an audio board. Some girl could have spilt a drink on it. Who knows? <laughs> you know, but the owner doesn't care about I mean, the, the person throwing the party doesn't care. They just say, hey, the audio went off. Well, you just ruined my four thousand. Someone just ruined my four thousand dollar mixing board. So, sorry. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right? Yep. But no, um, and it's very important. Yeah. And they say the other saying too, which I always try and keep in mind is, you know, you want to train your guys good enough good so that they can leave. Well, that too. But yeah. you know, good enough so that they can leave your company um, and yeah. go get a job somewhere else. Like you want to train them, and whether that's like you know, you know more tech stuff than me, but maybe I train you in like the branding or the business aspect, like you were saying, yeah. in, a, in a sense like that, um, you want to train them so that they can leave, but you want to treat them and take care of them so that they don't, and they yeah. don't want to leave, you know, and that's, I think, yeah. very important. Yeah. Um, so to segue a little bit, um, since we're probably getting towards the end here, into a little bit more of the creative side for those who haven't seen any of our warehouse setups we've been doing it about once a quarter obviously it's on pause right now but we're gonna have an awesome <laughs> one when this is over um so i told you i'd hang from the ceiling if it, if, if it came down to that i'd do it know. <laughs> we uh we all would i'm sure but um so we've been doing a warehouse setup where we've taken advantage of the space you know i have in the middle of the warehouse to set up a cool setup obviously all our gears there so it's very easy to pull it off the shelf and set it up and you know experiment get creative shoot some videos and photos so there's a bunch of stuff on you know our instagram and i think my youtube page has some as well um, from those setups so you can see we've done some cool unique stuff that you probably haven't seen out on jobs too often unless you're in that kind of market um which might be 
it's tough. Like maybe proms, uh, maybe bar mitzvahs, like big bar mitzvahs that want to get, yeah. yeah, mitzvahs. Like there's, it's a very um, particular market if it's even existent, but it's cool stuff that, you know, a bride and groom could see or something more basic could see and say, Hey, I want something similar to that. Or um, it could give you ideas to improve your basic setups as well. Um, so We've obviously collaborated on a bunch of that stuff, which I think is huge, kind of going back and forth. Like I've seen things a certain way in my head, and I know you've seen them a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then when we put those two together or we actually try one of them and it doesn't work, um, then by collaborating and you say, well, wait, we could just mount this this way or we can hang this this way or wait, what if we do it this way? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I think it's super powerful. And I think that's where... um, most of my like creativity, I would say kind of comes from is that collaboration and that constant like feedback and conversation, whether it's with other people um, face to face or over the phone or whatever, I call you for ideas with like streaming and stuff like that, because it's like, usually for me speaking to somebody else, just having a conversation about a particular topic, even if they don't give me the exact like solution or option, usually that can get my mind work yeah you know oh yeah so what's um are there any other ways like you found um inspiration or creativity for your shows like i know you've done some stuff at nappers um like that cool v-shaped truss you know and that kind of thing or do you just kind of put it together <laughs> i i it's uh, it's it's weird how my brain works with that stuff because i mean there's been so many times where I, i'll be honest like i'll literally sit on google and just type in dope festival setups <laughs> and like that's exactly what i type and yeah, i just and you look get the, at it you get the cotton harvester right that yeah and that's just going like, around. <laughs> i'm just looking at it I'm like all right well i don't have any of those lights so that's not gonna work i mean it you don't need the exact lights but like right as far as trusting i i know you have enough to build a community of <laughs> 85 people you know some houses but um as far as, as far as you know i have a ton of trusting too but not as much i have like the little weird things but right. i look at it and the reason i buy the weird shapes or sizes is because i could be creative with it don't right. be afraid to spend some money on some weird stuff because at the end of the day sometimes you could just resell it and get some of your money back but at the end of the day like I look at the stuff on Google and it gives me an idea what not to do. If that makes any sense, because everyone sees it, everyone's seen it, but I want to create something different. So I look at it and I go, okay, well, what can I do something similar? Like, okay, they have video panels to the left and the right and a trust thing going up and out. All right. Well, I don't have all of that, but I can do, you know, these blinders over here and just literally you could go into your backyard, take all the lights you have without truss, without anything, put them in a cool configuration, a 2D configuration, right? and then say, okay, now that looks awesome. How would I mount it? And it also comes down to your skill of programming. How are right. you going to program it? And you know? it's, it's kind of being able to picture the programming before actually programming too. Yeah. Um, and it's similar. Like I, I do the same. I'm talking with, you know, Kevin and Nick who are big on the media. Um, and we just launched our new media page as well to push like promotional videos. But I, I explained to them my process of video editing and shooting too. And it's not mm-hmm. just like, okay, you hold the camera up, take video, and then you throw it in the editing software and make it look dope. Like part of my edits that I, I make are because when I'm shooting, I'm thinking and picturing the end result. So I'm saying, okay, let me move this camera behind this white wall. And then when I start the next clip, I'm moving it from a white object in a different room away so that when I fade those two together, it's like a cool transition. It's the same thing. I think with, you know, being creative and lighting too, is you got to almost be able to picture the design and picture what you're going to program while you're laying it out in like that. And and even the end result, like even the end result, like you got to just figure out like what, would you like your biggest high point in your design, like the coolest thing that you could create and then make it because at the end of the day, you could take the dopest strobe layout and you could dumb it down to do 15 other strobe layouts. You don't have to use every light. That's one thing that people are always like overly, concerned about like i have to use every light on every yep. scene less no. is more 
look, look at look at all the, the the festival things. Like you'll literally see like twenty out of the four hundred lights do a weird pan to the left, but that gives all the other lights in the middle time to move in black. They call it um, right. to another position to do a six strobe towards say the DJ or this crowd or like whatever you want to do. Like you got to think dynamically and really just put forth a lot of energy to the overall final product and layout because the biggest thing that's always helped me is just literally just lay it out on your lawn. I'm not even going to lie. I will put all the stuff in my backyard, lay it out and just move it around. Don't hook it up. Don't power it up. Just literally lay it on the ground and Hmm. say, that looks dope. Now let's put it on some truss. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I've never done that. Um, so my creative process is a few different things. I usually will, will picture something or think of something. Um, and then I, I have to like sketch it and I draw it out and I probably sent you some of my sketches too, that I draw out, you know? So I, I just draw, it looks awful, you know, but like I, my trust is all bent, you know, it's not like that in real life, but he's not going to pass kindergarten. It's fine. No, exactly. (laughs) But you know, it gets the, the idea. And, um, so I'll often draw it on, you know, paper, and I, I could see and erase things or add things or whatever and configure it. Yeah. Um, and then I try and build it. And usually when I try and build it, something that I drew does not actually work in real life, you know, and then I got to yep. get creative and do something different. And Blame so that it kind on global of helps trust. me. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the <laughs> other thing that um, the other like method I actually go about it is um, I'll walk into the back of my warehouse and just kind of look around and I just look at things and I like, I'll just stare at a corner block and be like, how can I use this? That is not a 90 degree angle, you know, like, and things like that. Same with the stages and triangles and how to configure like that cool front board. And the, um, that I really liked that, uh, the trust DJ booth with like the cactus things on the side we did one of the warehouse nights, the first, I called it, I called it the menorah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That that works um, (laughs) with four candles. Um, so, you know, but like trying to do those types of things and then, the huge plus to having the facility too, is that you could just try it and do it um, yeah. and, and set it up back Without, there, you know, yeah, and you could leave it too. And then like come back to it. That's the, that's the benefit to having like the, right. the facility. I mean, obviously with outside in the lawn, like you, you can't trust you can leave overnight cause it's aluminum and you know, it gets right. moisture or whatever. It's fine. But like the lights, obviously not, but um, biggest thing is just don't be afraid to wing it. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've just winged it. And like, that's, I'm like, you know, and I don't want it to sound like bad, but like, I mean, we've, we do that on jobs sometimes too, because oh, yeah. I am confident enough. Like I know we can achieve a certain thing. I don't know how we're going to achieve it. Okay. So bring these tools, bring these tools, bring these tools, and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out there because until we get there and we know a ceiling height or whatever, we're not going to be able to know, you know? So it's, I think yeah. that's very important because when you're forced in a situation like that to get creative, you'll be creative too, you know, and you'll have yeah. to figure something out. So. And I mean, like, especially with trust, like you never know what the ceiling, like you said before, you never know what the ceiling height is. And there's so many times where we'll actually contact the catering hall or wherever and be like, Hey, how high is the ceiling? And they'll give us a wrong answer. <laughs> yep. Even though they give us an answer, we, ex- that's, that's what we're expecting. And we go, we bring like some smaller pieces to like maybe dumb down the trussing because you never know. So right. you just got to wing it. I mean, there's been countless times I've been on a job and we're like, Hey, they told us it was, you know, 12 feet high and an eight feet piece of truss doesn't even fit in there. And then we have to like have a guy go back in the truck and get a six feet piece truss just right. so we can get our movers up because that's all we can do. You just got to wing it and go with the flow. That's why like, I always try to get to job sites stupid early because I, unless I know the hall and I've been there numerous times and that just comes with experience, you know, and uh, times in doing it, but not everyone just does the same hall constantly. You could get one that you're, you know, in once every year. And for all you know, they did some renovations the last time you were there. But um, it just winging it is a part of the job description, and you just gotta make sure that you are ready for everything. Mm-hmm. For sure, and I do very minimal. Um, besides like the sketching and then physically trying the stuff, I do very minimal in terms of like actually rendering stuff, um, unless mm-hmm. I need that render for the client to really give them the vision. But um, 
for the most part, I mean, I, I could, it's just time consuming to go in the software and render a trust setup and stuff like that. Um, Especially for people like you and me that are not, um, you know, we're not CAD people. We're not, right. we don't have capture. Like it takes a lot of time to do those renderings. Like it doesn't, right. it's not just like, a, oh yeah, we'll do it in 10 minutes and it's done. Like it's, it takes time. Like you actually are trying to do real dimension sizes. 100%. And um, it is, I think, a important step and, and can sup, like be super helpful with the creative side, especially if you don't have a facility or even the means to set it up in a backyard um, or something like that. Like if you're trying to get creative with somebody else's equipment that you don't actually own, um, mm. rendering and stuff could be an easy way to kind of do that and set that up or sketching it on a piece of paper. Um, but I think it is very important to um, do some sort of pre-thinking uh going into it you know and figure mm -hmm. something out and my favorite part by far about creativity and and the designs and stuff we come up with is there is literally no end like people are yeah. like you know and that's why like not to bash on dj companies but like every dj company does the same thing it's a front board then two speakers or four speakers with your cells yep. and tops and then two towers six foot towers with a white scrim on it like every yep. two lights two every TVs. weekend you know <laughs> and then yeah like they grow but like they're all everybody does the same thing i'm sick of it yeah and so we try and do different things like you saw the one we did with the um the black front board with the gold like triangles like diagonals oh, yeah. Yeah. and the gold you know like and the guys were like oh like people want to buy this now i was like great let's sell this front board like this like well yeah. let's manufacture this and sell it i don't care because guess what next time we need a black and gold front board we could put the gold like pinstripes going long ways or we can yeah. like the possibilities are endless you know and i was like i don't that's why i don't care when people copy and you know an idea or steal it or whatever the word is um because the the ideas are just endless like we just we'll just keep coming up with more and be known for that um, yeah and that's what's great about the warehouse nice too like we've done some i know in the past too i think it was the one with the triangle um that we did with all the jmas bars oh where, yeah yep. I initially, I think, saw it a different way, and I think we ended up going more with the design that you worked out. Um, but then, like my way still works, and like we could use that another time. Um, I forget yeah. exactly what the configuration was, but like we can also take that same design and then go up the other way and make it like a giant X. Um, yeah. Literally, the possibilities are just endless. You know, it's yeah. it's awesome. And it's it's always just good to have more people in the room. Like a lot of people, like even like when I was doing my studio productions and making music, like it's the same exact concept. The more people you have in the room, the more ideas you can bounce around and just get a feeling for, wow, like it's something that you might not have thought about before, but because they said it triggered you to be even more creative and think about something that you would never think about making. So like it just keeps feeding off each other. And it, you just help each other out tremendously. And now not only do you have the ability to sell this, but the people that you're with are able to sell it. And if they don't have it, they can rent from you. I could, you know, and vice versa. So it, it everyone gets helped out by these ideas. Too many people are just like, yeah, it's just my idea. I'm going to try to capitalize on this and make money off it. No, share it. Right. Don't be greedy. Share it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt anyone. It just helps everyone. hundred percent. And that's why I've been big on to, you know, like some of those warehouse nights and, and stuff like that too. I mean, people, some of the stuff people say to me is just like comical um, because it's like one, like, for example, the, the video I put up when this whole pandemic, whatever you want to call it started um, mm -hmm. in the Long Island DJs group or whatever. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was like me in the warehouse talking about, um, I think I was talking about like, motivational type you know like what are you going to do with your time are you going to kick your feet up and play xbox all day every day or are you can actually try and learn something new or work yeah. on your business and that kind of thing and people are like why would you post that um like trying to help like competition and blah 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 and i almost like laughed at them and i was like first off because i know 90 percent of the people that just listen to that are still going to go kick their feet up and play Xbox all day, every day. They're yeah. not going to do anything. <laughs> Second off, the other 10% that are, are going to probably have a little more respect for me and look to work with me or for me, mm -hmm. or I work for them or whatever it is down the line. Yeah. And it's that relationship building thing. So um, I think it's very important, like you said, to collaborate and work with other people. Um because you know also that's what i push with all of our guys too when we hop in 
Zoom calls to just discuss business things or social media tactics or directions we want to go, um, I always say like, okay, let's get everyone in the room, even if three of them have nothing to do with what we're doing. Like they're just DJs or entertainment side and we're talking about like our media side. Um, let's get them in the room. They could just listen. And if they have something to chime in, they'll chime in. But it's good to have multiple you know, people yeah, involved. Plus, plus, plus just the conversation can inspire them to be better. That's it. Even if they weren't even planning on being that. I mean, when I first started, I just decided I was a kid that in an office and said, Hey, I want to be a DJ. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And 16 years later, here I am, you know? Um, but it's always good to have people in the conversation because you never know if you're going to a change their life or at least help them for the better, or at least just spark an idea that may help them, or, you know, if it, if it doesn't help them at all, it just, it's great. Right. Or they change your life or spark an idea for you. Exactly. And that's like one of the big things I've noticed. And that's why I, I feel it's so powerful is because, um, you know, I'll have an idea or I picture something a certain way and I'm talking about it. And then somebody else brings up something else, a different idea or a different way to do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know about that. But if we take part of that and put it with part of mine, now we have this new idea that we would have never came up with unless we both were, you know, together talking about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of people don't, uh, I mean, there's too many people hate. And like, I, I mean, I've seen it with the DJ streams in, in multiple times and people are just complete hypocrites, which is hysterical. Cause they're like, Oh, look at all these, these guys streaming. Like, Oh, they're just trying to get attention. You, you can have fun with your five viewers, like whatever. Hey, at the end of the day, I'm keeping my mental health, which is number one in your life, your mental health. Right. And if you keep yourself sane during this whole pandemic thing, good for you. Who else cares about what anyone else thinks? Exactly. B, you're keeping yourself relevant because people can tune in if they want to. And C, those same guys that are hating on you, 15 minutes after you hit that end stream button, guess what they're doing? They're streaming a different genre in front of their little shitty webcam that you, you know, maybe tried to help them with, or they maybe asked you a question, or they didn't even hit you up at all, but like they were hitting you. And they're like, oh yeah, can it, can I can you help me with this? I don't know why it's not working. It doesn't look like yours. Da da da. And I've had numerous things like that too. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'll help you if you want, and I'm not going to turn anyone down because I'm always willing to help people, mm -hmm. um, for the most part, unless you're a complete and utter asshole, and I just don't respond. But you'll know if that's the case because <laughs> I just won't respond. But um, um, you know, it's just some people just hate and hate and hate and hate and you know those aren't the people that you want to deal with and there's only so many times that you could try to hand hold out your hand for somebody before you just stop holding out your hand you know um and it's it's an interesting thing because i do agree there becomes a certain point and um luckily the and it's not a it's not an ego thing. I think it's just a, a fact, but the bigger you get and when you get into that market where you can kind of choose your work, um, you're in a better place to kind of do that as well. Because I think when you're growing, uh, it's very important to stay open. And like you said, just keep holding that hand out, even if they just keep turning their back to you or talking shit or whatever, you know, just keep helping and holding your hand out because something might click or change or whatever. But, um, it also just makes you look good. But then there is, I think, a point where um, you can start to not do that, um, but still be respected. And um, mm. it's an interesting because there's like a fine line there. But um, little side story, I just had somebody maybe he's even listening to this podcast, which would be awesome. But um, I just had somebody reach out on Instagram. And I guess he watched our like YouTube live streams every week. And he messages me. He's like, hey, dude, love the streams, blah, blah, blah. Then he messages me the next week. Hey, are you guys going live tonight? I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm helping you out, whatever. Ask me like questions, I'll answer. Um, and then he's like, hey, bro, um, was wondering if you would send me a free iPad. And I was like, what? <laughs> I literally responded, why would I send you a free iPad? Question mark. And he goes, just figured you were a nice person. Like maybe you could, I really need one for DJing with USB-C. And I was like, 
no, I'm not going. Why would I send you an expensive yeah. device like that? Like what, what, what? <laughs> and he yeah, just kept no going off with a bunch of messages. And then I, I was like, all right, I'm done. So I replied. I was like, please leave me alone. Don't really have time for this. <laughs> and, yeah. and then he like flipped out on me. And then long story short, he's blocked now. But yeah, you know, like he flipped out. He's like, why are you being so rude? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, because I don't even know you. You're probably from another country. You happen to watch my YouTube videos. You're welcome for putting those out and, you know, giving you and first off answering your first five questions. Yeah. Now you're going to ask for free shit from some random stranger and a thousand dollar iPad out of all things. Like yeah. what gives you the right Still. to like do that? You know, it's like, but, um, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but, but the worst part is, you know, I mean, we're the type of people that if someone else, which, you know, slipped into your DMS and asked you some more questions, did the same thing, you'd still answer. And I would do the right. same thing because at the end of the day, we're here to help enlighten and make sure people get the information that they need. I'm not going to say no to someone asking questions. Don't right. ever and be afraid. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Never be afraid to ask questions. I've always asked questions. If they don't respond, what hurt, what hurt you? It's not like a girl's turning you down from high school. Like, will you be my girlfriend? No. Like, who cares? There's no rejection except for between you and your inbox. And right. no one cares about that. Right, right. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, honestly, that's probably the second person I've ever blocked on Instagram. Like I've never, I'm not that type of person. Um, and like we get phone calls too, because of the YouTube videos, we get phone calls at the office all the time of people that, you know, because I mentioned the company, they search the company and call us mm -hmm. and I don't have to, I could just hang up. Like I don't have to give them technical support on these, yeah. you know, from these videos and they're, they're not a paying client or whatever. Um, but for the most part, we try and help them. But then when they think they're, you know, obligated to an hour long consultation, um, and they're tying up too much of my time, that's when it starts to be like, okay, like gotta go. You yeah. Know, like you can leave there's me alone a, now a do your own research, you know? And it's like, did you, you know, and, and so it's interesting, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a fine line between helping people and then just being tech support. And I mean, I'm i I'm on the front line of that being the, the techie nerd and all that stuff. Like people like you, my buddy danger, like people that I've worked for constantly, like I will, yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and answer your questions. If it becomes a habit of every other day, every week during the summer, during busy season, like, dude, like either pay me to come in and fix your problems and give you a lesson as to why it's happening, what's happening and how we can fix it. Like you gotta call the company that makes it like, I can't right. just literally be tech support and I'd love to, but you know, it comes to a point where you just got to do your own research. We're not in a world without right. Google so and YouTube. Yep. I, I learn half of my stuff on YouTube and Google. Like, and that's you can from do the, the same. YouTuber side. Like, that's yeah. what's funny to me is because I posted that video on OBS streaming the other day. The mm -hmm. first thing I talk about in the video is the audio, how I got the audio set up, the equipment I use, and some of the equipment I recommend, like that I didn't have or use and whatever. And yeah. first thing within the first three minutes of that video, you know everything about my audio setup. I posted in one of the DJ groups on Facebook. And I get a Facebook comment on the post and the guy goes, Hey, can you make another one of these videos, but about the audio setup that you use? I want to know what equipment you use. <laughs> I literally <laughs> replied to the comment and I said, watch the video period. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was like, like yeah. if you're not going to take the time to read my post, watch the video. And then if you have a real question, then come to me and I'll answer and be nice. Yeah. But if you're not even going to like respect it or watch the video, like that's why I put all the time into the video, you know? Yeah. Like, like, it, or at least reply to the comments saying, Hey, you know, I have this sound card. I can't get it into OBS. Why? Right. Like I'm, I'm like before we were, we were battling with the same thing with, with just, um, you know, zoom trying to get my audio in. I've got a $4,000 minus M32 mixing board, an Apollo twin USB connected to my PC. That's brand new, a custom build, all this stuff by myself. And we can't get it to work. Why? Yeah. Because all these drivers are ASIO. If people are listening in are techie people, but the ASIO doesn't translate good to these web apps or web programs via the actual browser. Right. And they need native to Windows, which is WDM, or Mac, which is Core Audio. And these aren't translating properly. So, like, there's a lot of intertwined things that work with audio that people don't understand. And if you don't give us an exact sound card, 
I can't give you a closer answer, yep. you know, because there's so many that do so many different things. I can literally take a $200 iRig, plug it into a Mac, and it'll work flawlessly. But my $1,000 Apollo Twin from UAD isn't getting picked up. Like there's yep. big gaps between all the stuff. You know, it's, it's, they're meant for different things, and people don't understand that. They just say, oh, it's the best. It should work. No. Hundred percent. Well, we've been talking for quite a while, so we'll wrap things up. But uh, key points, you know, stay creative, stay unique, try different things. There's so many opportunities out there and ways to be creative and unique. Uh, We did a lot of industry talk too, which is awesome, just about various things. Um, So some super helpful information in this episode. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for any of the listeners that want to connect with you or ask you a shit ton of tech support questions, where can they do so? Um, well, that, that's that's a couple of different places. But <laughs> for, the, for the most part, like, you know, my Facebook, I reply most and my Instagram. My Instagram is at DJLOKINY. Um, same thing with Facebook. Um, I know the fan page is a little bit weirder. I don't remember what I exactly put that to. Because <laughs> I don't really, uh, no one really. Well, is I'll do a, some research after this. And... The, the fan pages don't really work too well for me. I, I get, <laughs> yeah. I apparently there's a, a guy in Mexico that's also DJ Loki that I get a lot of weird <laughs> Spanish spam from, and it's that's just funny. some other stuff. But I mostly reply to Instagram or Facebook, um, Michael cool. Delugas, oddly enough, because they don't let me keep my DJ name on there. Um, and uh, yeah, those are the two main platforms. Sweet. Yeah, I'll get links for you and we'll find that fan page link too. And I'll get that in the description of this podcast. So thank you very much, Loki, for coming on. Thanks, man. Thank you to all the listeners of this podcast. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.